Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Because let's face it, this is one of the hardest things to go through. Hey there, Andrea here. I hope you're doing amazing or as good as can be. Um, I have such a wonderful guest on the show today. Her name is Heather Ross, and she's going to be sharing her story of strength and resilience with us. And I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Heather, for being here. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am the mother of a, my daughter who struggles with addiction. And because of that, I ended up becoming a life coach. But her addiction, which initially seemed like the problem to me, really was the key to and the catalyst to me really understanding and getting to know myself in a way that I never had and healing things in myself that needed to be healed. And really, it totally changed the trajectory of my life. I used to be a um, corporate controller. And I thought I would work do that kind of work for the rest of my life. But then when I started struggling with her addiction, I turned to a life coach to get help for myself. And once I really started seeing changes and seeing it working in my life, because, you know, the frustration when you're looking for help and most of it pertains to somebody who wants help. And my daughter did not want help initially. And so I felt so helpless. I didn't know what to do. There's nothing out there that tells you what to do when the person that you love doesn't want to get sober. And so coaching really gave me a set of tools that helped me no matter whether my daughter was sober or in active addiction. And so as soon as I started experiencing that relief, I was like, I have got to help other people with this. I have to get this message out there, but you, you can help yourself no matter what they do. They don't have to change for you to feel better. Wow. So it sounds like the the struggle that you went through with um, loving someone with an addiction really was a catalyst for you to, to investigate even different career for yourself. And, um, and that you really realize that, you know what, like, what can I do? Like, what are my options here? And because at the time, your daughter didn't uh, want to seek help. So, um, so that's, that's incredible. So you really changed the trajectory of your own, your own life. Yeah. Um, so what, what has been the biggest struggle? Like, take us back. Um, like, what has been the biggest struggle with loving someone with an addiction? The biggest struggle was, I mean, there's just so many, the, you know, a couple of them were taking it personally and um, feeling like 
blaming myself, going through wondering what I had done wrong as a mom, how this had happened. I mean, it's incredibly painful to watch your child suffer. You know, as parents, we think that we should always be able to fix it or even that our kids shouldn't ever suffer, you know, which is just part of being human. But when we're not thinking about things that way, then it really can be very painful. And, you know, the biggest thing was me focusing solely on her. She was the problem. Her addiction was the problem and not really looking at just the whole family system and that her addiction was just a symptom of a bigger problem. And so I was so focused on fixing her so that everything could be okay again not realizing that going back to the way things were before wasn't healthy anyway. And so there was just so many realizations in there for, you know, just all of those realizations were painful. But um, really seeing all of the things in myself that needed to change, I had to give myself a lot of grace. And I think that, you know, that was part of it that was really painful too, seeing that coming to the realization that I could not fix this and that, you know, I had to figure out how to feel good about myself as a mom and a person without being able to help my daughter with something incredibly difficult. Oh my gosh. And I know the listeners and I know myself, so many of those things that you said are so common amongst people who love someone with an addiction. Like the biggest challenge is that, yes, like we, we almost blame ourselves or we question like, you know, um, is it because of me? Am I not fun? Or like, am I doing something wrong? Like in, in your case, like as a parent, like you, you, you know, you question yourself and you know, you think, have I done something wrong? Or, you know, am I not like in my case, you know, am I not sexy enough? Does he not want to be with me? Like, you know, like, it's so amazing that it's that, you know, and the focus does go on to the other person. So that is such a huge struggle. And um, I also love that that you brought up that idea of is sometimes we try and fix the, we think about the person that they used to be, or we try and uh, go back to the way it was before. And, um, and that, that really, that is one of the biggest challenges and the biggest struggles is that the reality is we can't. And then the, the sad realization too, that like, no matter what we do, it is just, we can't, you know, make the situation necessarily different. We can't control it. And we, and so that's so interesting. And that's so, you know, it's so common amongst a lot of people that are feeling that I think, I think it's very common. That's very common. Struggles. Yeah. That's what so, I hear from most parents. The first thing that they say to me is I didn't raise my kid this way. Mm. And I'm like, nobody did. None of us did. We would never have known that this was going to happen. We were all just doing the best job that we could. And so I think that 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 causes parents just so much pain thinking that they went wrong. Yeah. And so much grief and, oh my gosh, and, and blame. Right. And then wonder yeah. how could I have done something differently or, you know? Yeah. And so I'm really curious then how did you, how were you able to take back your power? It was a series of events. I, one thing was my health got, so things kept getting progressing with her addiction and I kept taking the same approach, which was just trying to control her and trying to make her be the person that she used to be. And 
So the more I took that same approach, the more I pushed her away, which was really painful too, losing the closeness of our relationship. And I, it took me a long time to realize that I was giving the addiction all of my power by, you know, just even the way I thought about it and the way I talked about it. I was always in this crisis mode and it was really having a huge effect on my health. And I got really sick. Um, and I was, I got, ended up having pneumonia and I just was sitting there thinking like, if you don't change your life, like this is going to kill you eventually. And so I started looking for help, you know, I was doing the, all the Googling like normal, but I ended up finding this life coach and started listening to her and things really started clicking. And so I signed up for her program, which is funny. I signed up like when at a time when I had quit my job because I was so stressed out and then my husband got laid off and I'm like, we've got to do something here. So I signed up for this coaching program, even though nobody was employed. <laughs> and I started learning that I had to look at myself and I was the only one that could create my own peace of mind and happiness. I was looking at her to create it for me and wanting her to change so that I could be happy. And I think that, you know, we're taught that in life. And I really had to be told exactly why I needed to focus on myself. And it started to click. And initially I was doing the work for her because I was hoping that she would see the changes in me and want to make changes in herself. But eventually I started doing the work for myself and that's really when all the magic started happening. Like she could see the difference in me and our relationship started getting better. But it was really turning away from her and focusing on myself that gave me my power back. That was, that's the whole point of everything I just said. Uh, it's, and it's so true, right? And, and what's so interesting also, it's like giving the addiction all the power. It's almost like focusing so much on the addiction and being in that crisis mode and how damaging that can really be for your health. And I yeah. just, we all know it pulls you on that roller coaster and in that downward yeah. spiral. And so for you, how you took back your power was really that shift of seeking out your resources and, and educating yourself and searching and finding that support system in a life coach, for example, and then also just turning the focus backward back on to yourself. Um, has been the key for you and that um, and the reality is that the change had to happen within you um, and you took the focus onto yourself um, and a lot of people do we get to that point where we just can't you know I can't do this anymore it's like you know um, I remember not getting sleep for days upon days and uh, just from sheer worry and just like you know um, my the person that I love not coming home or like, you know, not knowing where they are or staying in the garage all night. It's just, you know, it can really eat away at our, at our health and uh, the distress alone. Right. Yeah. And so turning your focus off of the addiction and onto yourself was one of your key turning points. Yeah, it was absolutely the key and everything else is built off of that. Like I always say, you have to put your own oxygen mask on first just like they say in an airplane, like I was trying to put her oxygen mask on and not even caring about mine. And it was definitely showing in my life. And then, you know, I had this huge traumatic story about what was happening. 
and I was living in that story. And I had to come to the realization that this could happen, go on forever. She might not ever get sober. And how am I going to live my life? And so even like these realizations along the way of like, I have to figure out how to live a happy, productive, healthy life, no matter what is happening with her. Like I only get one life. I want to enjoy it. And I know that that's hard for a lot of parents or even, you know, any loved one because you feel guilty that they're, you know, the person you love is going through such a hard time. But I think that we're the ones who really can bring some light into the situation and love and, you know, have that connection and be an example of what healthiness is even when they're ready for it. So I think that um, it's, it's definitely a journey of figuring out along the way and building on each step to create that peace of mind and happiness for yourself. Yeah. And I'm really hearing you almost like detaching with love is it like um, moving forward with your life and taking ownership for your own happiness and recognizing that, you know, even though you love someone with an addiction, it's, it's almost taking back your focus and power onto yourself and exactly what you're saying and why this podcast is called the podcast saving you is killing me is like it essentially does that (laughs) yeah I love that name and as soon as I saw it I was like that's exactly what happened (laughs) that's what happens yeah it resonates it's like so many times in your brain you're thinking that it's like oh my god this is killing me like how much more of this can I take um and so I I really I really do love all the like it's almost like the choice it's the choice to turning back on to yourself and focusing on your own um on your own healing so I would love to hear like what you have already said some of your biggest lessons but what are some of your biggest learning opportunities or lessons that you've had through this um when you when you you know with going through what you've gone through with your daughter you know the a really big one is just to stop judging any part of the situation Um, you know, judging her for her addiction, judging me for whatever failing that I may have had as a mom, judging myself for not being, uh, knowing all of the things that I've learned after her addiction, you know, and replacing all of that with compassion for both of us and really, accepting my daughter for who she was and letting go of trying to have her be anybody than who she was and really just liking how I showed up as her mom each day and letting go of what happened in the past and just giving both of us unconditional love um you know, there's something about her addiction that really just stripped away all of my walls. And, you know, I I had to choose to become very vulnerable because she was so unwilling to do anything anyway, other than how she wanted to do it. And I wanted to preserve our relationship. I felt like, you know, through my own research, that connection is really important. It's like that connection is the opposite of addiction. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, I was like the anchor on one side of her keeping that connection. Well, because addiction is such a strong pull. 
And so I had to figure out how to maintain connection and still have boundaries and say no. So I had to be really creative sometimes. And it is painful to really stay in it and watch what addiction is doing to somebody that you really love and not judge them and love them and have them feel supported by you and still being able to say, I love you, but no. And not feeling guilty. Like that was huge. The first time I said, I love you, but no. And I didn't feel guilty because I knew if I gave her money and she overdosed, uh, you know, because she bought drugs with that money that I would never be able to live with it. Mm. And I could just tell her that and be so much more open. And, you know, there's just so many steps along the way of, more vulnerability, more <laughs> just digging into showing up as somebody who loves your child or anybody else in your life who's struggling with addiction unconditionally, but also not letting them walk all over your life. Oh my gosh, there's so much richness in everything that you just shared with us. Um, I'm hearing the idea of self-compassion and uh, compassion all around. So, mm -hmm. and as we know with Christian Neff's work on self-compassion yeah. and compassion, um, it is all about just offering that kindness up despite the situation. It's like just showing up with kindness and as a, you know, a no, in a non-judgmental way, just with love and and recognizing the common humanity, which is what you're you're saying is this like this human connection. So you want to be there for your daughter. And then I am also hearing this big component of self-respect and creating those boundaries. And I, I love the way you put it is I love you, but no. <laughs> and um, it's just so there's there's so much beauty in everything that you're sharing with us and these lessons that you, you know, the learning that you've like you've discovered over this process. And also that piece of vulnerability, right? Like acknowledging that like this is hard, like in giving yeah. yourself like that opportunity to understand, like it makes sense that I feel this way or it makes sense that I'm struggling with this and just being your own best friend through this whole entire process too. Yes. And not not shaming or even judging ourselves as well. Yeah. In this situation. So I would love to hear your input on like, you know, if someone is listening to this and they are struggling themselves right now with loving someone with an addiction or they have, um, what, what message would you want to leave them with? Well, first, even though I'm focusing on my daughter, because that's primarily who I'm dealing with in my life right now, I have experienced this with loving somebody, a partner who was struggling with addiction as well. And everything that I say, I think applies to anybody that you love who's struggling with addiction. It's not just for parents. But um, I would say that you don't have to go through this alone. And I think that if you are stuck in shame, and not asking for help, that it just makes it that much harder. I really had to work to release that shame so that I could get help. And addiction is a family disease. Everybody needs help. And I think of mental health like physical health. Like you wouldn't feel guilty or you wouldn't feel ashamed if you had to hire a personal trainer because you wanted to get stronger or some, you wouldn't feel guilty because you had to train for a marathon and you shouldn't feel like anything is wrong with you because you need help with your mental health. I think it has to be worked at just like physical health. 
and it's okay. I, I, I want to normalize that. I talk about it all the time because that's the barrier, you know, that keeps people from getting help. We think that we should just be happy and healthy. And if we're not, there's something wrong with us. And I don't think that's true at all. I think that it does have to be worked at. So just know that no matter how you're feeling, it's okay. And it's part of the process and there's nothing wrong with you. If you are struggling, it's okay to reach out and ask for help. Uh, that's so, so true. And, and the message really is that you're not alone. And sadly, there's so many people that are going through what it is that all of us are, are going through, have gone through. Yes. Um, there's so, so many resources out there and just, yeah, I love your message of reaching out and, and just like, you know, if you have diabetes, you're going to need to take insulin, right? Exactly, um, yeah. And so if you are struggling with loving someone with an addiction, it's 100% okay to reach out and be supportive through this process because it's it's not easy and I, I love that message Heather that's so beautiful now you have turned this pain into triumph and pain into purpose as I did too with the book and the podcast um I would love just let people know a little bit about what you're what you're doing now and how they can get a hold of you if they want to seek out services with you so I have recently started a podcast called Living with Addiction, and um, it's focused on helping parents deal with their child's addiction. And I also offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. So, you know, just know that if you are looking for somebody who understands your situation, I know that a lot of parents, that's really important to them. They don't tell people because they feel like other people wouldn't understand that, um, my, you know, I have a one-on-one -on -one coaching program that's 12 or 24 weeks. And I think that it really is helpful to have somebody who understands what you're going through and has like a specific process for you to go through. So you don't have to think about it or you just show up for the call <laughs> and go through, you know, just go down this path that I've laid out for you. That's so wonderful. And we'll have a link to your website and everything in the show notes for everyone for if they want to reach out to you as well. Heather, it's been such a great conversation. And I'm so thankful for you, you. sharing your story of strength and resilience and being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, there you have it. That was a wonderful inspiration of strength and resilience. And if you have a story to share or you have a story of personal strength and resilience, your story can actually make a difference in other people's lives. So if you want to be a guest on the show, I invite you to go over to my website at andreasidel.com and click on the Saving You Is Killing Me website. And I would love to have you share your story of strength and resilience because it really does help help so many others. And I'd love to have you on the show. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want additional support, you can head on over to my website at andreasidel.com where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone going through this struggle so that we can all work together to take back our lives and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but also week after week. I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes every single week so that we can go on this journey together. 
Until next week, sending hugs. <laughs>